Welcome to the Candle of Tales podcast. You sound like a... Same room! Same room! Look at you, look at you. Fuck you now. Yeah, I know. Because um, you're... Well, we're not going to be in the same room for a while. Not for a while, Because yeah. the entire family is, is decamping to warmer climes de- de- for the winter. Decamping. Decamping. Yeah. As in not camping. As in... We're not... Upping sticks from here and fucking off somewhere else. It's de- been camping. a new word week for you, hasn't it's it? It's been a new word week, sorry. Yeah, man. yeah, it's been a new you word week. We'll, we'll, it's it's we're quite confusing. There's another new word for you, decamping. It's like when everybody en masse just fucks off at the same time. I think we're a bit giddy. We need to focus. Rain or rain now, Hegarty's. No, I got to play with cats. Rain or I gotta say, I gotta say, the black cat, Kalamazoo, she has successfully completed... Her transition up. from goblin to cat. She was the goblinest looking thing I ever saw in my life. Bald. We have to put up photographs of the goblin cat. Bald, skeleton, weird head, yeah. little rat face. <laughs> and now she's just this silky black cat. Yeah. That remembers. Played very well. She remembers Gimme Boop. I hold boop. my finger up and say Gimme Boop and she boops, she boops my finger. Yeah, okay. And uh, well, we're going to be That's doing lots of mythical cat stories next year. Are we? Oh, yeah, yeah, we are. Remember the little link up with the podcast in the UK? But that's, that's, yeah. we're getting ahead of ourselves, lads. We are here to talk about the last four episodes of the Candid Tales podcast. And we're, usually we do story, post show, story, post show. We kind of fuck with the rhythm of this a little bit. Yeah. We had an intro argument, which was great fun yeah. for our Patreon members to yeah. observe. And then we outline what we're going to do for this, this season. And, well, we've done four episodes. This is now released we're, after the fourth. We're at the midpoint, midpoint of this series, basically. So we decided we'd do another little check-in. Just the two of us, since we're, I'm here for the weekend. And since you want time off and don't want work and are cranky and don't want to be forced to do anything, especially not on camera, I thought, right, great, let's do a podcast. Absolutely. Aaron thought, you know who's coming for a nice relaxing visit? Having having a first day off in like what two months? I know what oh. I'll do. I'll make her work. Cry me a river. Do um, I think everyone should cry me lots of rivers? You know, it's just it's how I get on with you. Otherwise, you're just gonna be sitting there playing, playing with cats, cats. having a lovely time. I'll get no crack out of you until you probably get pissed and Tony starts singing County Crows, and then you'll wake up. Yeah, uh, that's visiting home. <laughs> anyway, that and uh, baths. That and baths. Cats and baths. Yeah, again. Neither of those two things I'll, uh, you know, interact with you upon or with or talk to you about. Uh, you can interact with the cats. I think that's my time with the cats. That seems like this, it seems like this is a you problem. Okay, so we yeah, have... This is why we have a business together. We couldn't figure out how else to get along. <laughs> not wrong I know. you're not wrong I mean like it was either either that or not talk to you well I mean it was that or I was going to get into sports and that was never going to happen <laughs> so like we needed some common ground yeah I um, met you halfway by doing the thing that fascinated you the most yes you I did I think that's over halfway I think that's, that's a lot more than halfway I mean you got you got pretty into it I think I got into it I got pretty into it you, you got you caught it it's contagious yeah, it's very contagious it's, contagion it's, oh Jesus it is uh, contagious. Don't, don't talk about cats and stuff. We should talk about the podcast series. Yes. Uh, because we are halfway through. Yeah. We are going to have four more. Yeah. Uh, you're, we're going to have um, a story from Ushin. Yeah. Uh, we're going to have two stories from me or one story from me? Two stories from you, one story from me. That's right, because I'm doing Finn Kim, whose name I keep forgetting. 
because I'm not quite sure how to pronounce it, but I'm yeah. going to figure that out before I record the episode. Sure. Uh, Colonel Carnock's mum, uh, who's got a really and interesting story. Cullen's aunt, I guess. See, it's confusing because she's Crowhorn McNess's sister, but she's also Ket McMoggock's sister. And she's Cullen's wet nurse, which is, it, uh, she's also, but she's a wet nurse that's wet. A nurse, a nurse that gives you breast milk. Try off there now, love. You know. No, no, a nurse, a nurse that feeds a baby breast milk. Oh, is, really? It's a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You remember, you know how, like, well, babies are, um, how do they manage that? They're not always great at eating when right. they're first born. Some of them are incredibly bad at it and right. some women don't have a lot of milk. So in older cultures, if your mate had a baby last and month, you'd just be me. like, here you go. No way. Yeah, that's what a wet nurse is. Uh, it was fully a thing for a very long time. In fact, I think there was a whole thing where like upper class women just didn't nurse their babies at all. They just found some... You'd get a wet nurse. Like it was actually a decent job if you had a good supply because if you keep feeding babies, it doesn't have to be your baby, but if you keep feeding it babies, on. it keeps producing. No way. You just, oh, so, yeah, as yeah, long yeah, as there's yeah. no let up, you just keep on. As long as you just keep Give going. Give me a baby. To just all right, one keep in, one switching out. off babies. <laughs> like... Decent gig. Decent gig. So um, bring back I the reckon. nurses, you know, jobs for the lads. Or <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Slight problem there. <laughs> Again, gender neutral terms, Erica. That's gender not a gender term. neutral term and that had a real weird connotation. <laughs> No, yeah. yeah mm, anyway, mm, don't mil- don't try milking also, anybody who's not actually you know got gonna, a milk supply. We're gonna we're gonna hear about the wet nurse uh, and the lady. We are. We're gonna hear about the wet nurse. Many uh, many a kid to her teeth. Maybe and, I don't know. And well, she must have if she was a wet nurse. Well, she was Coo Collins' wet nurse. It doesn't mean she was a general wet nurse. She might have specialized. Just in this one time. Maybe I don't know. Right, right. I don't know her life yet. Research to follow. Research to follow. Okay, I don't know her um, life yet, and I might have to make some stuff up. We're gonna have what's gonna have that one? Uh, Finnever. Yes. And he's told me a lot about that. I've had a lot of discussion with him about this. Yes. It's gonna be kind of a voice in the head type thing. He's it's gonna about, be very cool. It's gonna be very cool. Oshin has some mother issues. Let's face it, and he wants to get them all out in this podcast. He's he's he sincerely related to um, Finnever and having a mother like Maeve, yeah. and really seems to have a lot of insight into it. So he's going to get that out of his system, yeah. which will be fun. Which is I'm looking hard. forward to it. Uh, my uh, kind of only gen- jealousy of Emer. That's just right. Emer is battle rage. Yeah, um, which I I've, I'm going to stick it up on Patreon and ask for a bit of feedback because you know what I. I was able to kind of do a first voice narrative, first person perspective for uh, Frucht in uh, the last episode. And when I went to do the Emer one, I, you know, a woman's rage is quite well unknown to me, you know. Mm. And so I found it harder to find that hard to believe. I found Sorry, <laughs> you've inspired a lot of female rage in your time. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay, I'm receiving it. Receiving it. You yes. certainly met it. I met it. I've seen it. I've, I've hunkered down and raised <laughs> myself. That's not the same as. That's not the same. I think it would be good it. for you. I think it would be good for you psychologically to get into the. And I think I might have to go back to a section of it, and, and I'm gonna I'm gonna ask my pa- the Patriot supporters to uh, give me a bit of feedback. Yeah, workshop think, it. Workshop yeah. it with the Patreons. Uh, they've been great in the last couple of episodes giving us feedback for leg and the music and you know, she wasn't yeah. sure if it worked and we ended up working on a bit more of a, a drum beat to follow through and the Bowron came in and helped that so thank you Patreon supporters for helping us out with that one that and, was cool uh, more to follow um, yes. and then finally we're going to be hearing about the Morrigan right yes we're, well, we're going to be hearing from the Morrigan <sighs> which is going to be interesting mm. I'm going to have to do some 
It's going to be interesting. I'm just going to have to be a little bit careful. Okay. Yeah, I would. You it's just, I just need to be a little bit careful. I mean, this, you know. For sure. It's a dangerous one to be. Missing. Well, you know, you tap into these, these kind of energies Primordial and we'll energy. talk about that a little bit, but tapping into different, mm. the different stories and tapping into the psychology of mythic characters. And, and if you're not careful, you forget to fucking tap out. Yeah. Yeah. And then the next thing you know, you're decking people on the Lewis for looking at you wrong and just all over the place. Not that you do that. That I would do that. No. Um, it was actually something that was very carefully handled uh, and that, you know, presumably will be again and is still being doing, done over Zoom with by the by the team at Bard Mythologies because, mm. you know, taking a kind of a Jungian perspective on the myths and get doing a lot of sort of getting into the role and the role play of the mythic characters. They're always really very careful about like separating when you're not in the hall you're not taking in that space you de-character before you kind of leave yeah. so it, I just I just kind of reminding myself to be honest yeah no it's good good, um, reminder, good reminder and as well I think it's actually worth kind of uh, I don't know if people have ever found this I've certainly found it when I uh, listened to you telling sto- the, the um, which we'll talk about in a bit the ungentle story I mm. certainly felt I went into that character just from listening to it Mm. Uh, and you, you kind of get immersed into that kind of perspective and well that was one of the reasons we started this Battle Rage series we really wanted to get into the, the kind of psychology behind the actions opposed to just narrating the actions on, and the consequences yes because the psychology can be new word obfuscating no almost <sighs> Aaron found a new word. Somebody left us a lovely review on um, on YouTube, which was lovely. And uh, Aaron sent me a me- sent me in a message going, "Is obfuscate a word?" And I said, "Yes." Um, <laughs> so new word for Aaron. Um, obfuscate, and it was uh, left by Robert uh, Viscusi. I'm sorry if I've said that wrong. Viscusi. Um, vis- don't don't <laughs> excuse me. Viscusi. I apologize even more. <laughs> Scusi. Ah, <laughs> I hope he's laughing at this. Um, and thank you. Yeah, Robert, uh, let us know if you hate us now. Yeah, Sorry. No, that, it was actually an exceptionally well written uh, review. It was a lovely review. Um, it was like a proper review comment on YouTube. And great. you taught me a word, obfuscate. I didn't know. <laughs> You're saying it like in- extremely wrong. It's obfuscating. <laughs> no? Did See. Damn it. <laughs> no, this, is, this is the point. Can't do it. At I'd which do it. I'm not sure I'm not. if you're trolling me or not. Mm. Me? I never do that. I know. Never. It's a bit like when you started saying indubably. Indubably. Instead of indubitably. Yeah, it was just better. And it was definitely, it definitely started as a mispronunciation. Yeah, I was like four. You were 14. <laughs> there was a four there. There was a four there. Um, indubably, my dear Watson. <laughs> Yeah, you know, uh, um, waste wind up your sister. This is just becoming a podcast about how to wind me up, actually, isn't it? It's it's very. It's that's why I, hey, look, I said I met you halfway. I'm giving away all of I'm my secrets, myths, but I'm going to take the piss out of you and really annoy you with a lot of mispronunciation. I think that's fair. <laughs> that know? that that's you can sure. come to sports and you know mispronounce all the players' names if you want to, but then you have to really get into sport. Is it worth it? That doesn't sound likely. Uh, that doesn't sound like me. <laughs> it doesn't. But hey, I want to go back to Robert's uh, kind of observations on, on this uh, yes. episode because I guess what we've always set out to do is, uh, you know, research, analyze the stories 
get into like figuring out what we need to uh, infer or figure out to you know have a stepping stone a logical stepping stone as to okay the this happened and the consequence was this what happened in the middle what's the personal yeah. relationship well yeah and and what's and the motivation like we've always done a lot of kind of character work with the with the myths mm-hmm. and with the kind of the storytellings anyway and kind of you know try to try to look at it in terms of like Absolutely. well why why okay he picked up a tree and hit everybody with it. But why did he... What kind of a person thinks that that's a good idea? Let's work backwards, you know? And yeah. and it's it's interesting to kind of do that sort of work. So it was it was more... It was really nice, actually, to get that comment from Robert because uh, I think he kind of nailed, like, what we were setting out to do in the series. Yeah. So. Which was lovely to see because it was like, yeah! Um, so and that was that was nice to see. Um, I talked to you literally just before going in and recording that episode. Uh, and it was like we talked about for about an hour just kind of over and backing League mm. as a personality, mm-hmm. as a person who kind of fascinates me as the only person who, who Cullen was friends with, the some way kind of, I don't know, like a desire for him to be or have status and be seen but not compete with him because he was brilliant with horses and Cullen didn't need to be. Yeah. And so they just so helped each other out. Um, yeah. And it was a kind of, I think, just that that difference of relationship where like this was a fully collaborative partnership. Like this was the lead singer and the guitar player. They were not competing competing for attention. Whatever one of them did reflected well on the other. Yeah, yeah. Unlike so, the most famous movie where the lead guitarist did piss off. The lead this is what happens work. when the band falls apart. He says, yes, yes, good. Yes. But Lake and Cucullin famously did not fall did not apart. Fall apart. Uh, in fact, did. technically they died. Well, they, no, but they died. They, they died. died on the same day. Yeah. Minutes apart. Minutes apart. That's the opposite of falling apart. That's like the the gold standard notebook ending of a relationship. I mean, I used to fall dying back. really quickly. Yeah, <laughs> within within they within minutes well. of one another. They did well. They did <laughs> That's it. Um, but at the same time, the whole like ep- series is battle rage. When do people get pissed off? Yeah. And when does the halo effect? You know that idea of this amazing person that brilliant at everything, and so therefore you assume they're brilliant at absolutely everything. They seem to be, you know. Uh, yeah. And then all of a sudden the halo gets shattered and you see a kind of a, a bit of a prick, a bit of an asshole. Well, like, I think it's just that thing as well. That, like, not, yeah, a little bit of a little bit of a dickhead, but also just that thing of like, oh, the the huge letdown. I think it's interesting when you're let down by somebody who's actually behaving quite reasonably. Do you know what I mean? And I think it's something that probably most of us have experienced where you have a, an idea of a person and you're like, this is amazing, this is great, this is going to be my best friend or I'm going to marry this person or or maybe it's a mentor or a parent or something that you have this like big shiny heart eyes emoji feelings towards and then they show you that they're human and they're fallible mm. and I think often the reaction is rage, like the initial reaction is like, what the fuck? But then you kind of reflect on it and you're like, wait, that's actually not like, that's not egregious behaviour, that's just... Being a person. Just the man, like you were up on this massive. You're up on a pedestal. pedestal and when you're on a pedestal, there's fucking nowhere to go but crashing down, to the ground. Down. And and so it's, I think it's an interesting one. Like, I think that whole, that whole phenomenon of like, you know, halo effect and hero worship and all that kind of stuff. Because like, you get it a little bit, you get it a little bit when you're, when you're a performer um, from people in the audience. 
Sure. You know, yeah, and as an actor, think and you, they know you. And well, they they, they kind of, they think you're brilliant, and I'm like I'm a gremlin who hides in my room. Yeah. Uh, yeah this yeah. is my most effusive and communicative is like when I'm on stage telling a story, and for the like hour or two afterwards before I crash, and like that's you know that's my my golden time and that's, I'm amazing and I'm shining and that's I'm that's a great version of me but it's a very <laughs> narrow bit of it's like the totality of my personality and I think that's true of most performers yeah. like you're that's not the totality of who you are who you are on stage is very much a persona yeah. and but people can latch onto it and again it's sure. that thing of like well you're good at telling stories so you're probably going to be good at this other thing and yeah. Not necessarily. Not necessarily. Uh, but you had you were the one who kind I'm of real bad at a lot. <laughs> I will vouch for that. I'm going vouch for that. You said it though. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's 100% vouch. Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. No, no, I don't. I don't. I don't. You're also very good at other stuff. So, <laughs> like seeing, uh, I was talking to you about it. I was like, okay, so this is the character I'm really interested in. You know, figuring out the most interesting thing that happens to him. We've told the intoxication of the Ulstermen a number of times, and we've, we've tell it a lot. You know, tell it as a song, as a have song, a chorus for it. The it's great again. crack. If you've ever been to any of our live shows, you've heard of us singing. Ah, the again. We we kind of wheel it out on special occasions. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And and so then the idea of leg being stuck in this burning building after Cucullin jumping up and that kind mm-hmm. of halo thing having been shattered at this stage. He's gotten really pissed off. They've driven down. He's just, he, he kind of got them lost in a drunken stupor as I kind of found uh, mm. through the telling of it. And then, then they're in this burning building and suddenly he sees all these wild idiots running around the place kind of like wild horses. And you mm. were the one who wanted to, or who pointed out how he basically lashes them together like a rain. It was it was an interesting one where the image that popped into my head was that it was the the charioteer tarot card, mm. which is a picture of a charioteer with a horse going one way and a horse going the other way, and yeah. the whole kind of meaning behind the card is like, get the fucking horses pulling in the same direction, and you're absolutely golden. But if you don't get the horses pulling in the same direction, they're going to pull you apart. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and that's the kind of. That's the crux of the charioteer. So that image flashed into my head when I was talking to you and I was like, oh, if he fucking, he, he charioteers them. Like that's yeah. his, that's yeah, his yeah. skill. Yeah. And, that, and that's, that's what I spent an awful lot of that episode, possibly more than I had intended, was talking about between the uh, black of Sh- Sanguine and, and the great Because that's, of course, because that's what he has. He has these two incredibly powerful magical horses. Which and could literally rip Could him literally apart. rip them apart. And he's got the rein wrapped around each hand yeah. and, and they will pull him physically, for, pull him apart. Which is a really cool, like, sim, you know, symbolic. I lost. Oh. Symbolically. Uh-huh. Aha. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I just let you do this about that one. No, I got there. You got there. You got there. Um, um, speaking of getting there. Um, speaking of getting there. You finally recorded in the Ungentle episode. You sure did. Like two days before. <laughs> two days before release. I didn't even know what episode you were going to do. I didn't either. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Um, fair play to you. You got it done. You okay. got it done. I kind of went with the one that I, I felt like because I hadn't I had actually thought about it less than the Finkham one because the Finkham one is has a lot of like interesting interrelationships right because of one of her brothers is Crohor McNessa and one of her brothers is Keth McMothock the warrior of Connacht and I haven't quite figured out how the fuck that works because Keth is not Crohor's brother 
and Finnegan is not Dectora's sister or like that's not the yeah, way that she's yeah, yeah, yeah. so there's a lot of kind of weird stuff in the mythology about like who's related to who yeah because like Connell Kernick is by that de- like Connell Kernick and Cucullin are cousins yeah but they're never referred to as cousins never they're never referred to as first cousins at all and Ket is never Ket is like Connell's fucking nemesis and do, are they ever called uncle and nephew Never. So I think there's something in there about foster relationships and I think there's something like, because I think that that's a really important thing that tends to get lost as well is that yeah. the foster family becomes more important than the than the birth family in sure. some ways. So anyway, there's a lot of stuff that I wanted to kind of like reflect and think about and dig into to do that podcast and I have not had a single minute because of all of the things that keep, I keep being like, ah, I have time. Boom, no you don't. Like, this is this has been well, my month. But, uh, but fortunately, the bonus to all of the work is we got Arts Council funding for a project next year, and we're so excited about it. That is very exciting. So we are working our asses off. We are working our asses there. off. We're getting there. We got. We, this is yeah. Well, can we talk about that? Oh yeah, this will go out afterwards. This will go about. out after we've talked. Well, yeah, no, because we partnered <laughs> with the Civic Theatre and um, Swish Boeing Games. Uh, Malcolm Swishpoint Games They changed Did they? It. Yes they did Oh Mufti became Swishpoint Games Yes because they found out That their old name Was accidentally very racist Oh dear Yes So they changed the name <laughs> Maybe we should cut this Nah Okay go ahead Anyway The Civic Theatre and Tala Set up a mentorship programme With us and Malcolm Who was the founder of Swishpoint And um, They Mentored us in, in Mentored us in game So they're Malcolm's whole thing is, is playing games And different games And different ways of doing games And we were trying to find ways Of doing narrative games So we came up with an idea To do a game In three different schools in Tala Who agreed to be part Of the pilot programme uh, You went to Berlin <laughs> To be in on television yep. uh, Thank God Jay O'Connor stepped in Thank God um, My friend and dungeon master um, that sounds really weird. Out of context, it's out a D and D reference, but I yes, mean, it actually did. I heard not, it. I heard it. I said it, and then I heard it. Oh my god! Anyway, what the hell? Dungeons and Dragons uh-huh. game master. Just clarify that again. I think we all need to hear that loud. Jay is not your sex dungeon master, which is exactly what I've heard. You did not have to say it. <laughs> we heard it though. I have to say it when you, you hear didn't it. Didn't actually. I did. It anyway. Weird. It's a Dungeons and Dragons reference. Emphasis on the dragon. Okay. Uh, Anyway, Jay stepped in and we were able to actually run the thing. Yeah. And like finish the game. (laughs) Um, Like actually constructed the game as a game. Jay was already, well, Jay was already, in fairness, Jay was already in like involved because and had run a a couple of game sessions for us. Yeah. And we, we, I was, yeah, we were up to speed. We were getting there. We were getting there. But we, it it just ended up being kind of like, you and me for the first half and me and Jay for the second yeah. half and and it was great it was really cool we were we did these uh six workshops in Tala and did had kids basically role it's a kind of role play storytelling game ah, I love that it. we get to tell them back a finished story at the end of like, which is very cool yeah it's a creation of a myth where kids basically come up with all of the ingredients they get to play in the world that they come up with and they involve themselves to roll and you know nothing can be unbroken once it's said it is heard there's lots of yes. lovely magic to do it there's it's, lots of lovely magic uh, so they ended up being great and and we put in a, uh, the civic uh, helped us put in an, a, a really strong application to the arts thank council thank god for the help and the arts council um, said yes Woo-hoo! 
Uh, which is fantastic. We haven't received funding before. This is the first. This is the first. Well, we have. Uh, no, we I don't think we've ever gotten from the Arts Council. Not the Arts Council, no. Um, so it's kind of a it's kind of a big thing. First. It's pretty cool, and it is it is a first because it's also kind of like this is not really a thing that anybody else is doing. Yeah. Uh, yeah this yeah. kind of narrative games, particularly kind of you know in terms of arts programs in schools and creative yeah. writing programs in schools, so it's kind of new territory. It's very cool that they decided to take a chance on it. But again, Delighted. the learning through game, the psychology of adapting, yeah. of how to grow empathy, listening, creativity, <laughs> imagination, the explorative aspect of the game and how that will be so transformative, hopefully, for a lot of these kids. But I'm really excited about yes. it. Yes. Um, so that's massively exciting. So yeah, we've been doing that and other things uh, for the last while. So I that is one of the one of the reasons why I didn't get the podcast recorded till two days before I went. But luckily, I, I, I guess this happened with, with, uh, with my leg story. I went looking for details about the uh, Grave Maca and the Black Shang and like, and the training, how did that happen? And like, you can't find the, the missing block sometimes that you want. You yeah. You know, read loads of versions and people are always asking me where I get, where, how, where do we get our, you know, versions. I oftentimes just Google the hell out of it and go down vortexes. Yeah, you go down little rabbit holes. Rabbit holes. Um, so I did actually very little of that for yeah. this story because I had I had come across the Nessa story in Lady Gregory's um Kukulin of Martevna. She's she gets about two pages. Yeah. Uh which is kind of typical of Lady Gregory telling the yeah. female characters. They usually get about two pages. And Nessa's whole thing was that she used to be called Asa the Gentle and was spoiled rotten but the only thing she wanted was tutors and then her family were all killed in a raid she murdered them all and then had that encounter with Kaffa where she decided to you know either you could tell that as a as a as a rape yeah. but, or, but you know generally I have not I've steered away from that because I think it's there's too much of a kind of a I'm just gonna let you adjust your band sorry Knee bandage. Knee bandage. Um, there's kind of I don't know. I there's it's it's a little bit of a trope of like powerful woman is raped to kind of put her put her in her place like and it's yeah I just fucking you don't have to tell it that way so I don't yeah um Fair. but yeah no that was kind of I had the bones of that story and I had the bones of that story for a long time and I had told it at shows a lot yeah I've even told told the story of Nessa yeah Nessa. so uh, it was in, it was easy enough to just kind of slip into first person um, mm. as somebody who's also quite a bookish was quite a bookish kid you could relate I could definitely see the whole kind of thing of like oh you just want to know how everything works yeah, yeah. And, and talk to grown ups like they are your peers and some of them are really weirded out by that and some of them love it. Yeah. Um, like, and, and that was kind of who Elsa was then and that was very clear to me. And you were one, like you said, was it in the post-show or one of the, one of the pre-shows rather, that you were like, I'm not, or was it maybe just a phone call beforehand, that you were worried about getting into the first person thing because you are like, eh, I'm not really an actor. And but <laughs> then like, straight away I heard that, I was like, well, there you go, you just completely leapt into that mindset. She was um, a little bit, she was a little bit more Scottish than I meant her to be, but anyway. I don't know, I didn't hear it. Did you not? Hear, no, no, no. I was, I was so conscious of rolling my R's too much, I was like, ah, fuck. But I didn't really I actually fully, fully credit Dungeons and Dragons for that because I've been playing that since lockdown intensively. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and that is all, it just getting into a persona and putting on a voice and doing the thing and I was like, oh, that's actually quite transferable. Yeah, <laughs> that's nah, that's that's actually exciting. that's actually that's actually a thing that I do quite regularly. Um, cool. Yeah. So that was yeah no, it was easier than I thought it was going to be. And the big um, flip point 
in that story, I was listening to it before the music actually got put onto it, uh, to talk to Oshin about it. And uh, like the the point where she goes up and uh, kills the first man mm. that she's ever killed, where she sees him. And for me now, it was just like, I really fell into like that hearing the this person going through this dramatic shift, this kind of kind of worldview changing mm-hmm. of her view on men who mm-hmm. had been scholarly and kind and gentle to her all her life until massive violence, a huge trauma, and suddenly it completely flipped and she could not trust men ever again. Which is kind of, I mean, I had, I was actually talking to her mother in the car, you know, on the way back from the train because a guy had gotten onto the train and wasn't wearing a mask. Oh, yeah. And he was quite a fit, young, athletic guy. And there was an older woman sitting across from me looking like increasingly nervous. So I was kind of getting ready to say something to him. And it took me a minute to get ready to say something to him. Because as I said to her, men are kind of like a box of chocolates. You don't fucking know. Mm. You don't know. Mm. And if somebody's already got one very strong antisocial signal of I'm not wearing a mask. Mm-hmm. I am fucking, you don't fucking know. Mm-hmm. So there is a little bit like... That's very much, and and I think that that's really hard to hear for a lot of men who are like, well, I would never, because of course you would never, but you look exactly the fucking same as the other ones. Mm. So there's this whole like, you know, that is, I think, very much a thing in the world and in the culture that I, you know, I didn't actually notice that it was in the story as strongly as it was until you, until you said it, but I was like, oh yeah, no, of course it is, because that's, that was, I, I also think that was probably something that was a big thing for again this is this is me telling the story as somebody yeah. who grew up grew up surrounded by wise kind lovely men who yeah. were lovely to me and you know uh, sang songs and tickled and everything very wholesome and lovely and you know uncle yeah. clive and yeah. uncle owen and all of our lovely family friends and father and all of the male influences in in my life being very very good and wholesome when i was a kid and then, and then there is there is definitely a moment, and I think this is a moment for a lot of women who are raised in households so. by men who are much more enlightened than the general culture. Mm. Because you then walk out into the world going, this is great, we're all equal, everyone told me so. And that's not the world. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you, yeah, it only fucking takes one encounter like that for you to go, oh shit, mm-hmm. that's not the world. Yeah. And like, um, and I mean, obviously, like for for you know, this is a very heightened version of that where she sees her whole family fucking murdered and torn to pieces, and I left it kind of vague and horrible enough. But like, but I think there is that kind of thing of like, here's a stranger. Yeah. I, you know, for me, I see a tra- stranger on the train, and I have to, I have to take a moment to say, okay, how am I going to approach this? If he's going for a mask, I'm not saying anything. If he's going for a beer, I'm going to go find a staff member because I'm not going to fucking... Yeah, Because yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like those, yeah. those, those little equations that you're doing all the time. But it's listening to it as a, as a man to, to have that jarring moment of, oh, fuck. Because I, <laughs> I, I, I remember having a moment of this in Galway where I kind of like sidle up to a very pretty lady and going, oh, yeah. And uh, or or something, you know, like <laughs> that, was, that was about as good as my shadow planes were. Um, yes. And she's like, do you, "Do you like to look at me?" <laughs> type of a thing. And uh, oh, she didn't at all. She decided I was an arrogant arsehole. Um, she projected all of the. This is that female uh, rage that we were oh, talking about. I, I was, ah, you know, I didn't know what to do. I was going. Ah, 
Okay then. Okay. I'm not actually an arse, but I just I'll leave you go. Do you know what? That's fine. That's fine. You know, she had me pegged as handsome and therefore arsehole. Uh, because the, the, the previous probably had some arsehole that she dealt with. It probably, so, yeah. You know, therefore, I was like, the only way to win this is just to back away kind of. There is no like, winning. This is just like, okay, yep, cool, bye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but, but not to exacerbate it, not to go into it, not to go, I'm I'm not an asshole. You know, like, that's what an asshole does. Uh, <laughs> well, but it's also, I mean, I think it's a very understandable reaction. Um, but my, yeah, my observation when, there when, I, when I'm not in that conversation I think it's a very understandable reaction Whenever I hear it I'm like Oh my fucking god the rage Yeah Yeah um, Because <laughs> it's not the point But like it, At sure. the same time Out of it I'm like That's that's I get, I get it yeah, I get yeah, it yeah. I get why people react like that And again you, like I didn't know what kind of woman She was going to be She seemed like she might be lovely And kind of And then she You know She had an, You can't tell what doubles Or which side of the sword You're going to no. get you know, of anybody, the problem is when you're uh, more vulnerable than the the opposite. Then, then you're you're yeah. always you have that. There's a there's a there's a different uh, there's a different dynamic. Yeah, it's yeah, the yeah. the wonderful Margaret Atwood quote of men are afraid that women will laugh at them, and women are afraid that men will kill them. Mm-hmm. And like I think it, it's it's a you know it's it's up. requoted a lot for a good reason, which is yeah, like yeah, the yeah. the fundamental terror there is just very very different. Speaking of um, you know cheering you up from terrors, uh, I have a, a early Christmas present for you. No um, way. Which is is bringing on after. So I oh, had the privilege of tuning into her story. I got I got I was delighted I was able to tune into her story. Oh, Melanie Lynch was interviewing. Um, uh, oh, Mel interviewed Karina. Karina and uh, Karina has done an amazing so job this. of uh, rewriting the stories of the women in Tong. And her daughter did the illustrations. And it's beautifully oh, concise. It's a work of 10 years going back. She's been working on it for uh, w- w- like retelling stories from women's perspectives in, in the Bard. And, um, and like I've, I've heard Karina's I've heard Karina reading her stories at the Bard and I have always been absolutely blown away, blown away. Blown away. so when I saw the news I, I wasn't able to catch the actual launch but when I saw the news I was so fucking excited yeah very excited and so she excited started, she starts the thorn with NASA, with NASA. so her still retelling of it is is obviously different. She's a different human being. Obviously, beautifully yeah. complex. She fits it so much in there. Mm. Um, and yeah, I re- I'm really looking forward to you reading this now after telling your uh, your version of it. Totally. So, uh, and I encourage you all to go out and buy that book. Um, go on to Karina. Uh, Karina Tynan dot com. Karina Tynan dot com. We we let's definitely put this in the show notes. We will absolutely. Um, because I'm very excited. Thank you. Excellent no, we Christmas will. present. Seeing as I'm abandoning you for Christmas, I thought. <laughs> yes, decamping. Um, <laughs> I'm uncamping. No. no. So pretty, Aaron. Oh my yeah, god. Very pretty. Uh, so enjoy Quite that. Class. Uh, I, I read definitely. Fun went... story as well as beautiful, uh, mm. which you managed to tie in there unexpectedly. So go check it out. Now we're on to the third story, which we just listened to. R, which we just listened to, which was a beautiful retelling by Rue of Cucullin and Ferdia's relationship. And the love story that we ah, is finally The love story out. that is finally, we finally got to do. Finally, Gay Gaetan. <laughs> so you, you talked to Rue quite a lot about this. He and I had a lot of conversations. Well, Rue had, he had started researching it by reading the, uh, the various different versions of the fight. Mm-hmm. Because in the dialogue of the fight, 
where they fight at the ford and Cucullin kills Fergie with the gay bulger which is so much like foreshadowing of that in the story which is brilliant um there was like there's all of these exchanges where they kind of say to each other hey remember that time when this happened at Skagax Island remember when that happened at Skagax Island remember when I saved you and remember when you saved me and it's it's in that and it's in the lament that actually a lot of the stories are yeah like kept because there aren't really stories of them on Skagax Island um, but there's also like it's it's so fucking um clear and obvious in any, any of those versions. Even if you just read the lament and how much yeah. of it is about Ferdia's body and and the love for Ferdia's body, like yeah. the physical love and attraction, it's so very clear that they are lovers. Yeah. And that they, you know, they shared a bed on Skahawks Island. And it's it's one of, you know, I think it's one of those things that happens a lot in in kind of, um, you know, in queer, the kind of erasure of queer relationships or of non-heterosexual relationships. Yeah. It, you know, you see it coming up through history an awful lot where people are like, oh, they were just really good friends. Good friends. Good. You know, good really, friends. really, really good friends who uh, were both, uh, you know, both women it... and lived together and had a dog named Sappho. <laughs> but considering the how fit, like... beautiful Cucullin is, how kind of slight a boy, you know, boyish he is in his looks. I mean, it's a like... classic twink and bear combination. <laughs> it's a classic combination. It's a classic for a reason. It's great. And like just the the, the contrast of their characters. <laughs> I can't believe you just did that. You ruined the for many people. Look, he's... You're trying to tell me Kukulin is not a twink. I'm, well, hey, just like, that no. specific thing, <laughs> you know. I he have, is mm. such a twink. Mm-hmm. He's mm-hmm. he's a twink. Mm-hmm. You're just going to have to live with mm. Kukulin is a twink. I said it, I said it many times. I'm standing and by that's it. that's why we love the interpretation, which is always out of the personal opinion. Uh, and your, <laughs> your own image. But it was great to actually hear Rue's, uh, like, exploration of their background and how they yes. got to know each other. And, and, like, the fact that Ferdy goes into his battle rage from the very beginning and we're already in that. Yes. And we're already kind of dealing with that before we're... And, and the, the way that... I, I love that he actually kind of pulled apart how they improved each other. Yeah. Because that's one of the things we hear is that like they, you know, Ferdia stayed on for like essentially a, an extra term and Just they made that. each other better. Yeah. But like actually pulling no apart. train with, and it makes sense if, if Kukulin's yeah. always quicker and faster and be- better, he wins every battle quickly. He's, he can't actually train. He's just showing off each time. Yeah. And Ferdia must have felt, felt like that up until the point that Kukulin gets there. And then finally we hear the line, you get the lines quite a lot of like, now finally they were able to excel or become better. They were finally able to, and, and, and also to learn from each other. Yeah. That like, Cucullin was able to learn the temperance of Ferdia and Ferdia was able to learn a bit more of the kind of improvisation of Cucullin. And I think that's a really nice kind of contrast as well of like Ferdia as the person who studied the rituals yeah. and who did the battle feats before yeah. battle and who did the whole, like went through the ritual, which I think is something that we don't often talk about on, on the podcast or maybe we do. And I forget because I always forget what I say after I've said it. Um, like everything. But the, the personal memory is no, like out the window. None. Reads, Zero. She reads it. How there, do you remember there. all the mythology? Because I delete everything else. <laughs> um, there is no personal there memory is, there. There is. No, it's all, it's all a big blank. So, um, so comes up and goes, hey, do you remember me? No. no. Just FYI, she no. won't. 
Just tell me your name and yeah, say where we meant. Get in there. Just get in there real quick. Um, so, <laughs> that includes you. Thanks. Hi, 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 I'm your brother. You may know me from such times as you your whole childhood. Yeah, <laughs> I get context cues, you know, it's fine. I can usually figure you out. <laughs> so. well, it's a mild form of brain that way. Like, like you're listening, you're missing a lobe in there somewhere. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay. We're I'm tired. We're tired. Okay. Uh, I'm gushing about this podcast. Uh, yeah. Stop. Also, Rue did all of the music for that all and of all the, of the post production and all yeah, of the everything yeah. for that, which I think is worth acknowledging. Fairness, because you can really tell he's really in tune and oh, yeah. himself. He managed to mm-hmm. really beautifully pace it. A couple of beautiful silence, a beautiful silence at the start, just to like change scene. Mm-hmm. So I really, really enjoyed listening to that. So well done, Rue. Um, yes, beautiful piece of work. Uh, so that was a an entire solo project, uh, which is unusual, uh, because uh, Oshin's laptop melted. And, and then so did Patreon, and also mine. And then the Patreon supporters came through to the rescue. At the start of December, when the money came through, Oshin was able to go and buy himself a new laptop. And now yes. we're back in production mode, people. We are. Thank you. If Patreon I supporters, get another beautiful part. people. Thank you, Patreon supporters. So our last podcast that we want to talk about is uh, pro- one of the Battle Rageiest of the Battle Rage series. The, the most. And again, similarly to your uh, ungentle story, I didn't really think this one through until I just, I was like, right, you know what? I'm kind of pissed off. I need, I need to do something creative. I need to, to use this energy and I, we've told the bull story a gajillion times. times. And I wanted to do it from Frucht's perspective because, uh, well, I, I'd always, I always loved the, the bull story. And, uh, what was that name? Frucht, Frucht, Frucht. Okay, this is Rucked oh, and yeah. there's Frucht. Sorry. And <laughs> you put them both together just now. <laughs> From Frocked's oh, wow. perspective. Jesus. <laughs> I'm also I... very tired. So, uh, Frock. Um, yes, you're, you did it. You did the Frock one and he was the, because he was the Cork man, wasn't he? Well, yeah, but he's both Ari. He, he, he's, yes. uh, yeah, I basically. Yes, yes, yes. He's the Munster fella. Munster fella. Uh, I think I gave him a bit of a Kerry uh, twang. But, um, I wouldn't. Just kind of country esque, uh, Munster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Munstery. Munstery. Um, and it was interesting because we've you know, we started off the Battle Rage series by having an argument. We sure did. Um, about uh, what the hell we were doing because we had a phone call. We didn't listen to each other. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, somewhere through that, I ended up having a really long, drawn out, annoying argument with a very close friend of mine. And it was just one of those things that just became annoying and it was waking me up thinking about it. And it's fine. It's resolved. It's it's love. It's we're on good terms now again. But before we had kind of gotten to good terms. I was like, oh yeah, that's why this is so fucking annoying. And it's mythic in a way when you get into an argument with a very close friend because you end up, you're so hurt by it and mm-hmm. you're so annoyed by it and it's under your skin so much that I was like, the only way to actually release it was ultimately to get into character and just go, just, I recorded it all pretty much straight away uh, in one go. There was no edits, there was no, uh, and I and what I found through it was that he instead of trying to resolve it, instead of trying to you know, okay, listen, I hear you. Let me just. Was the fact that they they both essentially prayed to the Morrigan and called upon the Morrigan to give them strength, and she gave them all the battle rage they wanted. Yeah, which I think is like there's. I think it's really interesting because I I you know I often I often talk about this in terms of um. The 
positives of rage because I think rage and anger is often kind of classed as being like a negative emotion. Mm. And I actually don't think emotions are positive or negative. I think they're information. You're right. Um, and they're, you know, that's kind of how I try and look at my emotions is like, this is, this is my body telling me something that my brain hasn't picked up on yet. So if I'm frightened, I need to look around for why am I feeling unsettled? Why am I feeling frightened? Is there, mm. is there something in the environment that I need to be aware of? Like, and the same thing with rage, because for me, like rage is what comes up when you're feeling threatened it's one of the things that happens when you're feeling threatened or you're feeling boxed in or you're feeling when something isn't right rage arises it doesn't arise out of nothing um but then it's a really interesting emotion because i think the reason that it's thought of as negative is that it's first of all very very powerful and so if you are If you're not trying to mitigate it or you're not trying to channel it in any kind of a way, it can be really destructive. Mm-hmm. And like, I, I, you know, you see rage coming up. I think it's really interesting the way that rage comes up, because especially in close relationships, like we're pretty good at saying to each other, hey, I'm feeling some anger now. <laughs> happened just before we did this recording. <laughs> yeah, yeah, literally. I just had a wave of irritation. Yeah. Here is why. Okay, here's where I'm coming from. Okay, I hear you. Okay, we're going to take a breath. Okay, we're going to record. Yeah. Like that was, that's how that went. That's, that's generally a lot of the time how our arguments about things go. Sometimes one of us won't express it for a while. And then, because I think that's what happens as well. Oh, when I was on the phone to you last, uh, last week, I was trying to tell you about the uh, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I totally misunderstood because <laughs> I was fucking exhausted. And yeah. And so I just went, okay, it's in the link. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. Read, read it, it and get back to me when goodbye. you... Yeah, goodbye. <laughs> exactly, nice. exactly. We're done. We can't have a productive conversation. I need to go scream into a pillow or yeah. something. Um. So this is like, I think it's... it's Rage for me comes up really strongly when it's people who are close and or when you've been swallowing your irritation for a while. Because mm. you, like, you really notice when people go fucking nuclear when they're like... I have been swallowing a rage for a long time that I didn't actually tell you about. Mm. It was there and I was dealing with it. And now I feel like I've built up a credit score mm. and I'm cashing in my chips. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Where you can kind of get into that situation where like, and, and I think it's kind of, I think it's really, I think for me, that's why it's really important to kind of practice being assertive about rage and kind of saying, actually, I'm having a feeling about this. Yeah. Um, because in my experience, if I let it fucking build up, oh, Cali comes out. Oh, absolute full, full burn the entire fucking earth down, scorched earth, no survivors. Like that's that's I, how I that witnessed. works. Have you witnessed. have witnessed. You have occasionally provoked. <laughs> you have certainly witnessed. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think you misnamed me. I think I was Scar, to be honest. Yeah. Sure. Fucking Chucky into her to Wilderbeast, so I would. Yeah. Um, <laughs> True. Like, True. but it, you know, when it comes out, it comes out very viciously. But I think that this, that's, that's like the interesting thing about the way that these characters deal with their rage is that it's coming from that place of righteousness mm. and that place of intimacy mm-hmm. of like, you did me wrong. Yeah. And then also... I think the shape-shifting thing is fascinating. You mentioned that before, which I think is a fantastic point that like, because 
as you said, we, we're constantly trying to adapt, change, morph, change the situation, try, you know, transform our emotions into something slightly different. But it's, if it's underlying, if it's there, if an unprocessed feeling is still mm-hmm. there, it doesn't matter the situation or Mm-mm. the attempt to gloss over. Or tra- no, you know, you're if you're if you're annoyed at somebody and you fucking decide we're going to go on, on holidays together and have a nice weekend and forget about our argument, you're going to fucking have an argument. You're going to push them off a cliff, don't you? <laughs> Relationship advice, everyone. Yeah, relationship advice from a committed a relationship person. Um, so, like, yeah, like yeah. there's there's no, that it's... thing of not process, but I also think there's something as well about the the uh, the shape shifting into different situations, into different beings, and the fact that they both deliberately call it back every time because mm-hmm. they're changing shape to try and overcome each other. Yeah. They're continually locked in this rivalry. They're continually drawing back down on that rage. And they're refusing to let go of it. Completely. And they're completely refusing to see each other's perspective. And so they're getting more and more, like, ironically, the more they transform, the more locked in they're getting, the yeah. more actually fixed they're getting. And because that's, that's one of the things that rage does as well, is it, it fixes you into your position because you're like, I am right. I'm standing here. I won't be moved. Essentially, what I tried to convey was that they were losing all of their humanity yeah. the more they went into it. And the more enraged you become the la- the less empathy you have or you're capable of and you know you, you, you can see that in history you know if, yeah. you, if you become fully enraged on the battlefield you know it doesn't matter who you're up against because yeah you, you just see red and you don't see anybody you don't see any consequence and only i think a justified uh, you I'm, see justification and then like like we tend I to see. do with all of our emotions we then tend to rationalize them and if you rationalize your rage, you come up with righteousness. Oh, and then if the you're worst. in righteousness, well, I can't be doing the wrong thing because I'm the good guy in this story. And you cast yourself as the righteous one. Then the ends justify the means. And then you get all kinds of fucking horrible behavior. Yeah. And like you can see it, you can see it playing out. You can see it playing out on big scales and little scale where people are like, like I think that's one of the interesting qualities of rage is that it fixes you. Yeah. And it, it, it makes you inflexible. It makes you rigid because you kind of have to if you're protecting yourself, you have to get really firm and plant yourself and go, no, I won't be fucking moved. And sometimes that is needed Um, again in the sure. world. Sometimes sure. fucking standing there and chaining yourself to a railing and saying I'm not fucking moving is exactly what you need. Um, and like going out on the streets and marching and saying no, like that's that's rage as well, which is yeah. And again, it's not a negative thing. It's, it's not a negative not thing. A positive, not negative. It's it, you know one of the ways to rephrase good and bad or positive negative is what is fruitful, what is a fruitful outcome, and what is a non fruitful outcome. And if like if rage can lead you to a more fruitful outcome, yeah. or if having rage and you know channeling it into a more fruitful outcome can be used then do it but if you give yourself over completely to the rage as this story shows you will get nothing but rage given back to you yeah and you will completely lose your yeah humanity in doing so i think it's an interesting one like the the you know we, we know in ireland as well very well the kind of history of feuds and of holding on to things through generations oh yeah. and of shape-shifting through years and through generations and through families and through cultures and through tribes that you do still you you get those locked in kind of attitudes oh you should hear my father when the Kerry football team are <laughs> like 
he doesn't watch football ever, and he still uh, he absolutely hates them. Like for no real good reason. Kerry, I have very many lovely Kerry friends. I've never really met a bad Kerry person, but when they're on the field, oh my god, the worst. The, and but like, and like that's same Kilkenny herders. That's a fairly that's a fairly benign example of these <laughs> kinds of things. I think because you know as. Have As you been in the room with Tony? I have, but I also am very aware that this benign. is this is not <laughs> this is not a country where we need to silo our sports fans. Yeah, you know they don't need armed escorts going in and out of the, no. out of the pitch. They you'll no. you'll see the same color, you know, the two different coloured scarves walking to the t- same stadium yeah. together. So like it's that's a relatively benign version of of it. But I I think it's also just kind of interesting, like how that can. If we decide to hold on to it and we decide not to see from the other person's perspective, like you said, it's limitless. You're never going to run out of because you're never going to run out of reasons to be fucking annoyed at somebody. People are so annoying. Well, it's 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 actually interesting because that's like the case of being locked in. You forget about all other things but the wrongdoing. And the the transcendence in GAA, if I dare call it that, is that the game is always the winner. You know, yes. ultimately coming together to play the game that is sacred mm. and ancient and, you know, ancestral is more important than the actual locked in outcome. Are you still trying to get me into sports? No, <laughs> but I am explaining something. That I'm going back it's to a very nice metaphor. I like it. I like you it. Know, it's very good. But I, I, you would, know, I would, I have watched hurting. It is. I do like it. You know, so I, I but I just think because there is a higher uh, ob- observation that, that kind of channels yes. the rage away. It challenges the rage away from the personal, yeah, and into something that is bigger than yourself, which yeah. I think is the is the the transcendent quality of sports in general is that yeah. you're 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 striving for something kind of beyond you. And then um, you, you see it in the opposite point with soccer, unfortunately, where you don't get you get huge violence coming out, and I oftentimes think it's because there's no valve, no release. There's a fucking ninety minutes of no valve release. At least, in hurling, <laughs> at least in hurling, you get like a fucking point every minute. Like, ah, <laughs> ah, ah. Uh, that's my theory on uh, sports. True theory on sports. I'm not going to speak to sports because I don't know. I assume that those two ones that you talked about are different. Yes, I know that. I'm kidding. Um, yeah, she. This is you trying to wind me up. Yeah, a little bit. But uh, you can't. You can't do that now. No, no, you've got all your rage out of your system in this podcast. You can't obfuscate the situation. <laughs> No. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> I didn't care. I didn't, I, that was again mildly on purpose. All right, listen, we're going to wrap it up because we've been talking for ages. And, and my you know what's really funny? Now. I think I also mispronounced obfuscate. Obfuscate. Because <laughs> it's, it's either obfuscate or obfuscate, and I'm not sure how hard to land on it's that. It's really year. hard to know where to put the emphasis on the correct syllable. Yeah. Like it it's is. It's very confiscating. Confusing. 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 It's very confusing Hopefully knowing how to. Not Do you know what the pronunciation obfuscated all of the words in that? So there you go, using the hey, sentence. <laughs> home, nailed it. Boom. See, we're not stupid. We're... Don't say that on the internet. Um, Somebody will fucking quote you on that. Now, uh, listen guys, we're going to wrap it up. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much to our Patreon supporters who've gone to Candle Tales. Sorry, patreon.com forward slash Candle Tales and throwing us a little few bob or the price of a pint. If you have it in you, you know, we're not doing live gigs for a while. We appreciate some We appreciate the bobs. Um, And, you know, if not, a share, a like goes a massive way. A comment. Commenting on that stuff is actually 
the algorithms fucking love it. So it's feed so the algorithm first. Very nice to hear from you. Yeah, uh, it is lovely to hear from you. We are going to have a new storytelling course uh, in the new year. Um, we are. And we'll probably be starting that in around February. Uh, we don't know yet. We're going to have to look. Um, We're going to have to look at timelines because remember that big whack of funding we got. That's yeah, going to be uh, it's going to be taken up some time. Get in touch. There are people who you know, have been gotten in touch with us about the arc of storytelling. Yes. Uh, we've also been requested to do a more condensed version of that. So we might be doing a master class. We might class be doing a master class. Of that um, as well. So keep an eye on the website. Yeah. An and let us know stories. if which you would prefer yeah would you prefer six weeks a six week storytelling course with a performance at the end or would you prefer truncated. a truncated masterclass real intense what one weekend yeah. is what we're talking about yeah um, we're so, excited so, about doing workshops as well you've done one recently on, on I did a great transition year workshop in Brilliant. um in Tipperary and myself and Oshin went down and did a, a public speaking storytelling workshop Fantastic. Uh, which was class. More of that. And, and where we um, have uh, on the lines with. Um, and we also did the Wild workshop. Wake. Did we talk about the Wicklow workshop? Yeah, we did. Um, we did. We talked about the Brown Law workshop Brown already. Law That's workshop. right. We so had a chat about we've, that. We have a number of workshops up on the website and we're we excited do. to kind of use them and, and put them Yeah, on the yeah, yeah. If anybody yeah. is interested in any of those workshops, have a look at the web sh- website and, and drop us a line. Absolutely. Because, um, yeah, it, a lot of them can be adapted for online as well. Yay. In the current environment. Look, let's be looking forward to the next story, which will be Colin Kenner's mom. Uh, Finn Kim, Finn if Kim. I ever fucking figure out how to pronounce your name. Great stuff. Thanks very much. And see you next time. Slan. You.